You're listening to the Sticks in the Six podcast. Here are your calls, Andrew Forbes, Peter Barracchini, and Alex Hobson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another morning edition of the Sticks in the Six podcast, episode 133, brought to you by the fine folks at the NDL House in Toronto, as well as the folks at the Hockey Podcast Network. And Peter and myself are here today. Alex is roaming somewhere in the Euro uh, Euro Badlands out there, but uh, he'll uh, he'll obviously join us as we get closer to the season. He's on a little, what is it, a five-week trip? Yeah, about a cross-euro trip where it starts in Portugal and he's like making his way all the way across the major cities and stuff like that. Honestly, that that that's how you do it, man. I've I've seen all I've seen so far are, are uh, images of him at uh, local local uh, little pubs, uh, taverns and yeah yeah pubs and what whatnot. So beaches. I mean, yeah, it looks like he's enjoying the trip so far. <laughs> so shout out to Alex. Uh, hope hopefully you uh, continue to enjoy that trip. But uh, Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the dog days of summer, we're, you know, running into a little less content to talk about. We'll obviously get a little bit more as we get closer to the season. Uh, you and I were just discussing before we went live here that this might be one of our more depressing episodes of the year, just based on the, uh, um, you know, the heartbreaking content that we're going to have to talk about this, uh, this episode. But, uh, before we get into all of that, it's been a while since you and I uh, kind of touched yeah. base and and uh, did a full epi. I've done I did a couple quick hits uh, over the last little bit here, but uh, before we get into all our talking points, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, summer's summer summer's been busy, especially right now in August. You know, uh, it's it, it's just a constant grind with everything right now. But you know what? Like you said, this. Um, I, I wish we would. It, this would be like a little bit more of an uplifting episode or a happy episode because since it, last we talked, not a whole lot has happened. But since we happened, you know, there have been two major passings in Leafs Nation right now, and like you said, it's going to be a very somber episode. And I don't want to take up too much time. I've been good. I've been, you know, st- like a lot of Leafs fans, a lot of uh, people in the media still reeling about the news of what happened yesterday and even this morning, for that matter. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's been going good, but as of late, it's been very somber. Um, I'm gonna just before we get into all that, um, I don't know if you've noticed or or some of our listeners have noticed. I've kind of touched on our uh, our our TikTok the last little while, trying to deliver some content to the listeners through the dog days, and I've been doing some card breaks. I've been getting back into hockey cards, and um, so I bought a nice little pack of the SP Authentics. Got a couple mm. of n- nice numbered cards, so I'm going to share those with Ooh. you. Nice little Kyle Connor. Beautiful. Oh, wow. Out, out of 99, so only 99 of those printed, so not bad. And then a nice Jeremy Swayman, SP Rookie Authentics, out of 399 Ooh. So that one's going for about 40 bucks right now online. Not bad. Not, Not bad, bad at all. I figure I'll hold on to it and see if he can have a bounce back year maybe this year and see what happens. See but. if that price can up up in uh, value. But it's, it's a good thing you actually mentioned that because I actually a few we, a few days ago or even last week, I've been doing some like, you know, summer cleaning or whatever. And I posted this online. I managed to find a signed autograph picture of Nick Ehlers oh, in my room. And I'm just like, I can't remember when that happened. 
But, and it was right beside a signed picture with Mitch Marner. I'm like, I don't know how I got them. I don't know where I got them, but it was a great find. And I'm just like, wow. Amazing what you can find when you clean stuff up. Oh, I've been telling my, my mom's been doing the clean at their house for a while. And I've been telling them <laughs> like, find, find my hockey cards. Cause I, I had like over 2000 hockey cards. I know I had like a Yarmer Yager rookie card, which is going for like, you know, two, 300 now. And, Ooh. um, she thinks she gave them away. So I'm a little, no. little, little worried, a little disappointed. But <laughs> she said she'll keep looking, see if she can locate them. But uh, definitely, definitely one of those uh, things that you're like, man, I wish I had taken those with me when I, when I left for university or whatever. Yeah. But um, anyways, as we mentioned, and as you can see by the, the title of the episode, we've got some, you know, obviously heart wrenching uh, conversations that to have today. Um, uh, for those that don't know, Yesterday, 21-year-old Leaf prospect Rodian Amirov uh, succumbed to a two-year battle with uh, a brain tumor, brain cancer. Um, obviously, it's heartbreaking. I think, I think the hardest part too of the whole conversation is that you know this this kid was so upbeat the entire time that he was battling. Um, never really talked about the possibility of not making it. Uh, I know there was some conversation. Uh, earlier in the off season that, you know, he'd love to get back on the ice and, and see where he's at. And then obviously, uh, you know, what happened happened. And, um, you know, it's just, it's heartbreaking, especially at 21 years old to, to, to hear such news and, and uh, to not get the opportunity that, you know, he, he, he could have had, I mean, like I remember when they drafted him and, and, you know, just the, the, the kind of like, there was a lot of question marks around him. Um, at the same time, he came out the following year and had like a breakout year. And I think that was, you know, that's that's what we remember most. Obviously, we didn't know much about him uh, up to that point. And, and, you know, I think that's the, that's the great part about the hockey, hockey universe is that you, no matter if you don't know the, the player themselves, you start to get to know them as you, you know, you watch them develop, you watch the team you know, kind of keep an eye on them and, and coming to training camp and, and what have you. And um, yeah, just, I, I think that was probably the most heartbreaking news I've, I've seen in a while in terms of like, you know, the passing of a hockey prospect. And, um, and like I said, 21 years old, I just can't even imagine. So um, I, I don't know if you wanted to add anything to that. Um, it's just that it's always gut wrenching when, when someone passes away but even when they're still very very young like you know when they just enter their 20s their teens you know early teens what have you it, it it's very tough when someone young passes away because they had their whole life to look forward to and now you know we were looking forward to him we were he was a very highly anticipated pro prospect I re it, it just seems like yesterday that i was watching him at the u18 tournament lighting it up and then the maple leafs drafting him uh that was the first year that i did the draft coverage for the hockey writers and i wrote his breaking news piece that the maple leafs drafted him year up i was a big fan of it but when the news hit that you know he was diagnosed with a brain tumor it hit all of us very hard because he was so young promising career and now he won't get that opportunity and you know it's it, it hits home to me, not just because of like, you know, I, I watched him closely. I wrote about him, but also because of the whole factor of like, you know, if you've watched our podcast, you know, I've had family members that have passed on from cancer. And I usually when stuff like this happens, I say, I don't swear a lot, but I say fuck cancer because of situations like this. And 
this is one of those moments because it hits home and you know it's i don't know any other way to put it but like we throughout the whole entire like process not process but like of, of getting updates on his condition and where he is it seems very quiet over the last year like few months five six months or so like we really didn't hear a whole lot and i don't want to speculate on anything but usually if you don't get updates that's not necessarily a good sign but here hearing the news yesterday it was just a massive shock like it was just a massive punch to the gut rip out your heart kind of thing because there was so much to look forward to with him he was a highly anticipated prospect in the system and now it's another uh, career cut short i mean for a young prospect that was drafted and it really is tough and my thoughts and prayers go out to him him his family his friends teammates all right you just see the overwhelming support from the hockey world you know teams coming together paying their respects and everything like that that's the good side of hockey and that's why it's a great community when when things like this happen or when good things happen where we show support and all of that and that's one thing where it will not break and falter because of stuff like this and i really don't know what else to say it, it, it's still tough i'm still trying to get over it myself yeah um worth noting that Ilya samsonov noted in his uh instagram story too that you know there yeah. wasn't much time to say goodbye so i think it was more of a sudden thing too mm-hmm. i mean obviously obviously everybody knew the battle that he was going through obviously everybody knew the fight that he was in but um yeah i i, I truly believe that it you know, that last little bit probably happened so quickly. Um, yeah. Also, also wanted to note John Tavares uh, last night on it's uh, on Twitter wrote, it's incredibly hard to comprehend the loss of Rodion. Um, his smile and joy for life and hockey was infectious. My teammates and I are grateful for our time spent with him and forever inspired by his courageous fight. Condolences to his loved ones. We'll miss him dearly. And uh, you know, I say that because we all remember that the team had him alongside for, for a game last year. Season, yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, the, the way they honored him on the bench and the way that they, they made a, you know, made a bit of a spectacle of it. And it was a crowd's was, reaction too, and the crowd's reaction. Yeah. And I think that's, that's kind of touching back to what you're talking about in terms of like that hockey community coming together and really, you know, finding a way to celebrate somebody who might be going through a battle that, you know, not all of us understand. So, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, condolences obviously from the six and the six family, from myself, from Peter, from Alex. I know he would, he would be saying the same thing, mm-hmm. um, to, uh, to Rodion, his family, his, his loved ones, his teammates, everybody. And, and, and while I know this is more about hockey, um, I would love to see the Leafs put a patch on this year. I know they don't do that yeah. very often. I know they only do that for a select number of games. We saw that with Borea Salming last year. Johnny um, Bauer in the past. Johnny Bauer in the past. So I know I know it's not something that they do on a regular basis, but this is this is um Different one of those instances. Yeah, this is yeah. one of those instances where, you know, the kid is twenty one years old. He never got a chance to to kind of live live out his his career and um, you know, he was a part of that team. He was a part of that family and he's part of Leafs nation forever. So, um, all the respects to Rodion and Mirov and, yeah. and hopefully, hopefully we see the Leafs celebrate his life in, in, in some way this season. Um, jumping from that 
obviously some more solemn news uh, with the passing this morning of uh, 86-year-old former Maple Leaf Bobby Bond. Uh, for those who don't know, for that younger generation, for my like even even myself, I wouldn't have seen this. But um, scoring in Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Final on a broken leg, uh, man, this is this is the epitome of of that tough hockey mentality. Mm-hmm. This tough tough hockey player that we know so well from the uh, the earlier days of the game. And uh, I was just reading through as we were talking here about Amirov. I was just reading through a little article. Um, from uh, Sportsnet and uh, the Canadian press and, and just talking about Bobby Vaughn and, and, you know, what he did in that 1964 Stanley cup final on a, on a, on a broken leg. Um, you know, this guy, this guy was a guy that said, you know, at one point it just became numb and uh, I couldn't figure out what was going on. So he continued to play. Uh, he said, and then when I went into the face off with Gordy, Howe, I just heard a snap and it caved in underneath me. I tried to get up and there was no way I could put any weight on it. So they froze his leg. Um, he later got frustrated with the, uh, with the, um, the cast and ended up going into the bath and, or into the water and just soaking it off and taking the cast off like this, man, this, this guy was tough, tougher than nails. Uh, it had a note that he was born at 10 pounds. So you knew right away, this guy was going to be a bruiser and, um, yeah, it's just uh, you know, it's another one of those losses that you know, fortunately for for him, he he was able to play out his career and and as a as a person he was able to make it to 86 and still 86 is considered young young these days, you know. Um but uh to 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 lose another member of Leafs Nation like that, another member of that Stanley Cup team and and uh you know what he did for this franchise is just remarkable. Um it's it's another one of those you know sad days for for Leafs Nation and for those who did get to watch him play. I mean, that's uh, that's another conversation that uh, I wish I could have, but unfortunately, I don't have that. Uh, I don't have that experience now. Uh, just to run through some of his totals, I mean, nine hundred and sixty four career regular season games, thirty seven goals, two hundred and twenty four points, and fourteen hundred ninety one penalty minutes. He added another 15 points and 165 PIMS in 96 playoff games. Uh, and obviously he uh, played with the Leafs. He played with the Oakland Seals, um, the Detroit Red Wings, and finished off his career with the Leafs, a three-year run at the end of his career, and retired as a Maple Leaf. So um, just one of those stories, man. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's just one of the it's, – it's that time where we're just going through a little bit of – you know, it's like not only the dog days of, of summer right now, but it's also, you know, we unfortunately we have this news that we break and, um, you know, I just it, it's unfortunate. It really is. Yeah, it really is. Um, I, I couldn't have said what you said better myself. Um, you know, like you, I never really got a chance to watch him because, you know, it, it happened in the sixties way before my time, but at the same time, it, it's hard to not appreciate what he did to the franchise and everything that he did as a member of a Leafs nation, or even as an alumni member. And, you know, you talked about, you, you just mentioned off the stats right now, you know, 1400 penalty minutes and 964 games. I mean, you, you, like we, we talked about Brad Trey living added that snot piss and vinegar type of players. <laughs> yeah. He is the epitome of that. If you just look at that alone and even that shot block and then finding the will to come back and score the game winner. I mean, 
that's just all guts and glory right there for a guy that laid everything out on the line. And yeah, uh, from the new generation at least to the old generation, it, it sucks that this that this is the news that you know we have to see in back to back days because it, it's still tough. Um, and you know he lived a very long and fulfilling life. Um, he was a great impact player. Um, again, he was part of those glory days with the Maple Leafs before the runs ended. And, you know, he will be dearly missed. That's for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, again, uh, four-time Stanley Cup champion. Uh, he played uh, a, a native of Langigan, Saskatchewan. So true Canadian boy. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know. Yeah, it's just one of those things, man. It's uh, just bad news after bad news, I guess, uh, for yeah. Leafs Nation right now. But, again, sticks in the six. Alex, myself, Peter, we all send our condolences to Bobby Bond's family, his loved ones, his teammates, uh, anybody that uh, knew him. And, uh, you know, hopefully um, you find solace in this uh, this tough time. But um, – Hockey news. We got to obviously jump to hockey news. We'll do that in just a sec here. Uh, we do have a quick word from our sponsors. Um, Raycon. Raycon. I'm just uh, trying to find the Raycon. All right. Even if you're not going on vacation, summer's all about a vacation state of mind. And I'm sure Alex is enjoying his out in the Euro, uh, Euro uh, coastline there. Whether I want to listen to, let's say, NF or Lincoln Park or what have you on repeat, or just need to retreat inside my own head for a bit, I love creating my own summer soundtrack by popping in my Raycon wireless earbuds. There's so much going on all summer. Sometimes you need some upbeat music to pump you up before you see people or to stay calm with some guided meditation. So whether it's your gym playlist, whether it's your light list, whether it's your you know, whatever playlist you need to throw on or you need to just, you know, peel back and, and sit back and enjoy some of the music. Let me tell you right now, Raycons are the best way to listen. Use earbud tap functions to toggle between three customizable sound profiles, noise isolation and awareness mode. Raycons have a 32 hour battery life, including eight hours of playtime. So you can listen to what you want when you want for a really long time. They come with custom gel tips for the most comfortable in-ear fit. They start at half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. Add Raycons, sorry, and Raycons come with a 30-day happiness guarantee, so you really cannot lose. Create your own soundtrack with Raycon. Right now, THP, or sorry, Sticks in the Six listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash THPN. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to save 15% off Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Well, um, speaking of the Leafs and prospects, and we've got Easton Cowan signs his entry-level contract. I think we all knew that was coming after they take him in the first round. I mean, obviously there was that little bit of a surprise when they did take him 28th overall and a bunch of question marks. We had Kyle Grimmard on here to to discuss that pick and, and what uh, Easton brings to the uh, the Leafs organization. But signs his entry-level contract. What are we looking for from Easton Cowan uh, with the London Knights this year to see that development kind of progress? Um, I mean, 
kind of goes back to our interview with Kyle. I mean, I, I think he's poised for a breakout season. This is going to be that year where the Maple Leafs were impressed with him at development camp. They were impressed with his play in the second half, especially in the playoffs, that he was able to elevate in such a short amount of time that, you know, he's going to get more of a responsibility right now. He's going to get more minutes. He's going to get more. He's going to get top line everything. Top line minutes, power play, you name it. And, you know, it wouldn't – I know Kyle even alluded to Luke Evangelista as a possible comparable. It wouldn't surprise me if he matches that kind of production this season because of how well and how engaging he is both with his play away and with the puck. Um, you know, and you even saw glimpses of that during the development camp where he was on the go, 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 and he stood out in a big way with all the other top prospects like, you know, Fraser Minton, Ronnie Hirvonen, Topi Nimala. Nick Moldenhauer, he's already solidified himself as a Maple Leaf toss, top prospect in such a short amount of time because, you know, he's got that mindset. He's got that drive. This is, and again, we kind of talked about with Bobby Bond, how, or even the Maple Leafs with the direction that they were going with, you know, they need more snot. They need more players with grit, energy, things like that. Cowan's got that, but he's also got the speed, the skill, the shot, the playmaking the ability to be very deceptive with the puck. I mean, you want a player that can have, have change the dynamic of a game. He's definitely one that can do that. And although he didn't get as much attention as other prospects, when you watch him play, it is very noticeable that that can happen. And I think him signing that ELC is a good sign that he's just going to continue with his development, continue going forward. And the Maple Leafs were impressed that they just needed to put pen to paper at that point. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. I, I think we talked about it a little bit with Kyle and, and, you know, when these players that play for the Knights get, get drafted or, or come back for, you know, their, their later years in the, in the league, they tend to get more responsibility with, with uh, the hunters. They, they, they look upon them to, to be leaders on that team. And, and Kyle mentioned how, you know, Easton's definitely going to be, a, he's a born leader. He's a guy that wants to be in that room. He He's vocal on the bench. He wants to, you know, drive his teammates, try and find the best, possible outcome from every player um and, and yeah he, i mean he's smaller but he's a possession guy right like he's highly intelligent the way that he plays um the leafs leafs as you mentioned already saw that at uh at uh camp there and you know in, in a smaller smaller role i'd say for the knights this season like he did have a little bit of a smaller role um 20 goals 53 points in 68 games he had another 21 points and nine goals in 21 playoff games. So this kid is ready to just break out. And I, I would not be surprised if we saw a hundred point season from him this year, so long as he can stay healthy with the Knights. Um, so I think, like you said, it was just official making it, uh, you know, putting pen to paper and getting him signed to his ELC is a first round pick. Let's, let's see what he can do. And, and I think we see Easton Cowan a lot earlier than people think. I think, uh, you know, the Leafs are going to look at, at ways to, to push his development and try and get him into a, a spot to succeed right off the giddy up. So um, yeah, really not much news around it, just more of like a formality to get it done, but um, it's good to see the Leafs get him signed. And, and I'm excited to see, especially being in London, I'm excited to see what he does this year. Hopefully I can get out to a couple games, take the little guy and, and catch a little bit of Easton Cowan. Maybe, maybe even get the little guy down and see Easton at some point too. So there you go. Um, I want to talk to you about the, the goalie conundrum right now in Leafs, uh, Leafs nation. 
I think all of us, when Samsonov went to arbitration, all of us were expecting Samsonov wall. That was the tandem. Murray's on LTIR. There was no expectation of the Leafs going out to sign any other goaltender. They then go out and sign Martin Jones to a, I mean, incredibly team-friendly deal. Um, and now it puts a few question marks into what's going to happen heading into the season. What is your take on this signing? What is your take on, do the Leafs actually look to Martin Jones as a backup? I mean, he had decent numbers, maybe subpar uh, go- you know, goals against and, and save percentage last season with Seattle, but he like win totals. He looked good. Probably one of his better years since, uh, since San Jose. Yeah. I, I wouldn't look too much into this. I think it's just reassurance in the event where, you know, goalies go down with an injury. I mean, we saw that last season with both Samson, excuse me, Samsonoff and Murray. And then wall comes in and you really don't have a capable backup to the backup. And I think right now, Jones is going to be the backup to the backup because of how well Wallace performed down the stretch and even coming in a tough situation in the playoffs where he held his own very well. And, you know, Wall needs waivers to go down right now. He's not waiver exempt anymore. And I think right now, if they had to send one of the two down, I think they're willing to part ways or take that chance with Jones getting picked up off waivers than Joseph Wall because Joseph Wall does have some starter potential at this point if he continues to improve year after year. And at this point right now, Martin Jones, yeah, he did have a good bounce back season, but the numbers were still very, very questionable. And even looking at some of like underlying numbers at five on five, 903 save percentage, it had him 43rd amongst goaltenders with at least a thousand minutes played. And his high danger save percentage, which was a big factor last season, was not that great at all. I'm trying to see where he was in regards to that. Um, He was at, okay, so he was 53rd out of 55 goalies last season with 783 in high danger save percentage. Elias Samsonov was number one, 901 save percentage. And to me, high danger save percentage is big and it's key because it shows that, you know, the goaltender knows where the puck is. He's tracking it and he's not giving up those easy high danger chances. Um, Jones, on the other hand, even though the Seattle Kraken were an improved team and even their defense looked pretty good, there were times where he was very shaky in those moments. And that is a big question mark. If you're looking at that, that. so I think you are looking at, you know, Samsonov wall as your tandem Jones just serves as some reassurance because even when they try to get a third string goaltender in the past, you know, David Riddick really didn't have as much substance or really came up providing any uh, sort of impact whatsoever. They want some, someone to come up that if they could call up, it's just going to be a nice and easy transition. Come in stop the bleeding and what have you. And uh, if Martin Jones was going to a team right now, he probably would have been signed right away. Don't think there was a lot of teams knocking on his door right now, but maybe with his current contract right now, how it's just under a million dollars or just over league minimum, maybe a team's going to be like, yeah, you know what? We'll take him." But then they'll probably do the same thing. Throw him on waivers, risk losing him. It's, it's a no risk uh, situation when it comes to Martin Jones, it's reassurance 
but it's not one where you know I, I don't think they have the faith where they have the, they don't have the faith in Joseph Wall because he showed that he's ready for more minutes and I think he'll be the backup come uh, the start of the season. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Joseph Wall is going to be more appealing if you put him on waivers. I think you're going to see more teams kind of make a push at him. Um, you know, and at this point, if you do lose Martin Jones on waivers, you lose Martin Jones on waivers. I think that's, you know, you kind of made that clear that that's, that's a bit of an expectation if that's the case. And if it isn't in fact the case, then you do have, you do have a little bit of depth um, in goaltending at, uh, at the HL level. So you can kind of replace that as well. So um, yeah, I think, I don't know what to make of it really. Um, NHL guy that's, that's had NHL time um, and he's had some good years in San Jose and um, you know, definitely guy that can come in there if there is injury and, and kind of play that role as well. So I think that's really what it is. It's again, not making much of it because I don't think there's much there to make of it. Uh, but yeah, definitely, definitely an interesting signing. I think it was a, it was one of those things that on a no news day it was big news. Yeah, right. And, and oh no, continue, continue. No, I was just gonna say, and I think that that's it. Yeah, I I, I was just gonna add. Remember back, what was it, the second or third season when they had to make a decision between Garrett Sparks and Curtis McElhaney, and how Sparks really didn't have a good preseason, but McElhaney did, and they went with the younger goalie. You always go with the better goalie. And at that point, Curtis McElhaney was the better goalie over Sparks. In this case, yeah, you have the veteran in Jones, but you have the younger player in Wall. But Wall has shown that he has been the better player as of late, mm-hmm. despite a small sample compared to Jones. And, you know, Wall's numbers have con- increasingly gotten better. Jones's have continued to decline. So I think in this situation you go you always go with the better goalie and i think wall is definitely going to be that guy i'd be very very shocked if anything else happened and jones was the backup to samson off yeah no absolutely absolutely um before we hit our last little point here peter uh, another quick word from one of our sponsors the indiale house in just over a month hockey is going to be back and so will our beloved maple leafs getting ready for a night out or watching some baseball at home with the gang, what better way to do it than with a nice cold one from the folks at the Indy Ale House in Toronto. With two locations in the city at Italy, Toronto at Bay and Bloor, the Biroteca location, they have two big screens, amazing authentic Italian food and loads of beer. Also at OG Brew Pub in the junction at Keel and Dundas with 120 seats, famous bar food and 12 taps. Indy Ale House is an award-winning brewery featuring their flagship Instigator IPA and dozens of rotating monthly special release beers. Perfect for takeout, dine-in, or bottle shop online orders when planning for game night. You can find Instigator IPA and Marco Polo Pilsner at finer LCBOs across the province as well. Hashtag Live Indy is the motto. Adventurous, fun-focused beers with a selection for everyone from a healthy dose of in-your-face hoppy beers for the beer geeks to mainstream pilsners and easy drinking options. Indy Ale House is the go-to for game day. So, we talked about cover athletes last year. We talked about cover athletes the year before. Kale McCarr is now the cover athlete for NHL 24. This guy is, I, I mean, I think this is the earliest anybody could sit down and say that this guy's a hall of famer in terms of where he's at in his career. Um, 
to me, I think he's already a first ballot guy. I think we've had this discussion after he won the cup with Colorado. Is there any, any, any way this is a wrong decision by EA to put him on the cover of NHL 24? And what are the possibilities we see a Madden curse for Kale McCarr this season? Well, see, here's one thing. I I really haven't played NHL in a long time, and I think that the community has shown disappointment with some of the features or whatever. So I probably stopped before it started getting worse. Um, but that's not to say that it's, you know, it's so an exciting video game every now and then. But, um, you know, can't remember where it was on here, but I think there was like a curse when it came to um, NHL uh, EA Sports cover athletes. And I can't remember what the record was, but I think it was like two and 17 or something like that. Um, trying to think, I, I can't remember who posted it. I'm going to try and find it out as I'm talking, but you know, it's not obviously. Okay. So here it is. I, I just found it. It was Jay fresh that posted it. Um, he wrote it, uh, congrats to 20 NHL 23 cover athlete, Kale McCarr. Two of the past 27 EA NHL cover athletes have made it past the first round that same season. Two of 27. And this is going back to 1997 as well. Um, and you see the list, like, you know, where it was John Van Beesberg lost in round one, Forsberg round one, Lindros round one, and you see everything get progressively worse, you know, with, you know, NHL 20, Matthews, least losers in round one, Ovechkin Capitals, round one, Matthews, 22, round one, Zegras, Ducks missed the playoffs. So it's like, you know what? You may see a curse. And you know what? I maybe think that maybe Colorado does take a step back because that Midwest division right now, that's still very, very competitive. And I trying to trying to figure out like at the moment i think you're looking at dallas being a top contender i think colorado will still be there but i don't think they may go on a big run again um but yeah i i i just think that great on the car like i'm i'm extremely happy for him but i really don't care either way because i really haven't played the game in a long time and also yeah that curse is very much alive and real at this point so safe to say that forget the Madden curse, we've got a Chell curse. Yeah, I mean, hey, it, it, the Madden curse is very real as well. So let's yeah. not let's not discredit that. The Madden one's more injury though, right? It like is. the Madden it one is. is like you go on the cover of Madden, you're getting injured that season. It's more it's more personal than it is a team based thing. Yeah, yeah, no, so, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. I haven't played. I mean, I've got two young kids, so I haven't played video games in in quite at some time. I, I mean, I'd love to get back on NHL at some point, but uh, it's been it's been a while. Um, so, I mean, congratulations to Kale McCarr. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure you bet against the Colorado Avalanche in round two. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, don't don't pick don't put a futures on them to win the cup because likely not going to happen. <laughs> Imagine if you're making those bets because of a video game sports cover. I'm not gonna lie, I might, hey. I might throw some money down. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's um, again great honor for Kale McCarr, mm-hmm. and obviously just adds to adds to the the career 
whatever you want to call them, career accomplishments that he's already had. And I, I think there's no question that this kid's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer when it's all said and done. I mean, look at look mm-hmm. at the numbers, look at the look at the resume already, and and uh, hell of a player. So congratulations to Kale McCarr. Um, unfortunately, uh, the Colorado Avalanche aren't going to be looking so good this season. Yeah, I mean, obviously, what better way than to have one of the most dynamic defensemen in the game? I mean, he's literally a top five player in the league. I'm going to argue top five player at this point. It's hard-pressed to find a defenseman as dynamic as him at this point. Um, So why not throw him on the cover? I mean, he wholeheartedly deserves it it at this point. Yeah, I know, absolutely. And, uh, Peter, before we close it down here, one last word from our sponsors over at DraftKings. Speaking of betting – New customers download DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in West Virginia, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, um, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See draftkings.com slash sportsbooks for detail and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10 plus leg required for 100% boost eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions apply terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Well, Peter, another beautiful week in the books. Um, before we close it out here, uh, some, uh, we're going to have some exciting stuff coming over the next, uh, next little while here. we got a few guests hopefully lined up, uh, uh, to, to come on a former leaf being one of them um, a former guest being another one possibly. Uh, but we're going to get, have a lot of season preview stuff coming up um, again. Alex will be back to start the year. Uh, normally, as you all know, normally August we take off, but we're kind of doing some fun stuff in this month. Uh, obviously the quick shifts is something that I'm going to continue doing as well. Um, and we'll continue to have these full episodes as well to, to uh, you know, give our loyal listeners some stuff to to talk about in the dog days of summer. Um, aside from that, Peter, um, yeah, I think it's gonna it's gonna be our first year with THPN, our first full season. Yes. So uh, looking forward to that. There's a lot coming. Uh, THPN is doing a hell of a job making a stamp on uh, on the hockey world and the ho- hockey podcast world. So if you're if you're a fan of our show. Check out THPN. Look at what they've got going. They've got a ton of shit going, a ton of great shows, um, some season previews coming up, uh, in-game, live broadcasts. They've got everything. So so check out THPN. Make sure you download some of the shows. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're getting to that 100 before puck drop on this season. I want to get to 100 subscribers. So get over to YouTube. Hit sticks in the six at YouTube and make sure you hit that subscribe button. Otherwise, check us out on Instagram. Twitter, 
um tiktok we're doing some fun stuff as i said we're doing some card breaks on tiktok as well just to give you some content otherwise peter anything you got before we close it out here for this week no you basically covered it um just still doing some off-season posts right now looking towards the season as well for the leafs and yeah Hopefully, we got a couple guests coming up in the near future. Mm -hmm. So, really looking forward to that. And also, check out the season previews over at THPN because I will be going on to talk about the Leafs. Believe it is this Thursday to talk about the Atlantic. So, don't want to miss that. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, check them out over at THPN and their YouTube channel. Make sure you hit subscribe there as well. Otherwise, that's it for us this week, Peter. You can follow Peter at P Barracchini on Twitter. You can follow myself at Andrew G Forbes, and you can follow the adventures of Alex at a Hobson media as he continues his Euro trip. Um, might, might be as fun as the movie. I'm not sure. We'll see. Stay tuned. Oh, <laughs> I'm not sure if it'll get as crazy <laughs> as the movie, but we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, folks, uh, thank you for tuning in this week for episode 133. We'll see you again next week. <laughs>